great to be here again. This is our last session together of living and growing in the fullness of Christ. I can't believe that a month has gone by so quickly. But here we are. Um, and to get us rolling, I'm just going to give a little bit of a recap, a summary of where we have been and where we're going to go today. Uh, we start out talking about this living and growing in the fullness of Christ, and one of the prefaces of where this all came from was this idea of shifting the focus that several local pastors have been wrestling with this idea of are we helping people really become fully devoted followers of Christ, or are we maybe settling for this, what we affectionately call our American cultural Christianity, which is really all about you. Jesus loves you, wants you to have a good life, you get to define that, he'll help you get it, or giving your life to him and experiencing the fullness of what God has for us. And the scripture that's been driving that conversation is Ephesians 4 where it talks about the purpose of the church, the purpose of the leaders in the church is to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And the question is, is that what's happening? Are we experiencing that? And so that's really driven some great conversations. And one of the visuals, one of the things we recognize is we probably haven't done a great job of describing what this is, what's possible. What is this fullness of Christ that we talk about? And so we've kind of been using this visual where we talk about it means these three big things. One is this personal relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Intimate, dependent relationship with God in those three persons of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Personal transformation, that we are no longer the same, that we are different. We are a new creation in Christ and what that means in our lives. And then the disciple lifestyle, what that means to live that out. What does that look like in our lives? And so... This is kind of where we've landed in. The first thing we did the first time I was here is we did this kind of an assessment or awareness piece. Where are you? Where are you in experiencing these things in your life? Because these are real questions, and sometimes we don't ask them often enough. Where are we? Are we really experiencing all that God has for us in the way of our relationship, in the way of our own personal transformation, in the way of our own ability to live that out? And so we talk about this idea of being aware of where you are. Because if you're aware of where you are, you can see what it might mean to move forward. Many times I think we settle for not being aware. Because it's kind of comfortable to not be aware. <laughs> it's kind of nice not to step on the scale, right? That I'm not aware of where I'm at. But when I step out, then I become aware. And then I can respond to that information and do something with it. So we close that first session with this question of, do you want what God wants? And that's a question we always need to be asking ourselves. Once we find out what God wants then we have to ask the question, do I want what God wants? And do I believe it's possible in my life? Hopefully you're wanting more. Hopefully you're hungry for more. Hopefully you're experiencing more. <clears throat> Excuse me. The other visual we use is the vine and the branch, John 15. I love this picture of the vine and the branch. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. The branches will produce fruit. And it's kind of the same idea, the relationship, this intimate relationship where we're so connected with him, you can't even see the separation point. We're not just grafted on. We're established in him. Pretty soon the branch starts looking like the vine, and guess what? The branch produces fruit. And this is how it works in our life in the way of the relationship, the transformation, and then the fruit in our life. So then the next week we talk about the importance of the relationship piece, the good news of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? And this amazing relationship that God says we can have with Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the importance of that. It's really the basis for everything, right? If we're not in that relationship, then it's really hard to experience the rest of what God has for us. And so just remembering what Jesus has done and why he did it. Jesus, I don't want to, Jesus didn't die on the cross just so we could go to heaven, right? He died on the cross so we could be reconciled to God now and live in relationship with God now. 
So we shouldn't settle for eternal life with him when we can have real life with him now, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So my prayer is that you are getting hungry for more and more of that, that you want the reality of that in your life, not just the intellectual knowledge of the truth, the reality of that relationship, because it changes everything when we're in that kind of relationship. And then last week we talked about what God desires for us in the way of our personal transformation. And in 2 Peter, we read, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Through what? Through our knowledge, our knowing of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. This is where he talks about there is this new nature that can be had. So when we talk about personal transformation, we talk about this idea that involves we are a new creation, we have a new identity, we have a new nature. It's a different life. We're no longer the same. And 2 Corinthians says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from who? God. Right? He's the one who's done it, who reconciles to himself through Christ Jesus. So last week we talked about there should be this change in our nature. It's not just a new identity. We get this new identity in Christ, but the new nature might take a little longer. And I'm afraid as Christians, many Christians have accepted their new identity in Christ, but have not pursued the new nature of Christ in us. We've settled for a name tag instead of a new nature. And so that's something we really need to keep leaning into. And so last week we asked, what does God want for you in the way of this? What does God want for you in the way of personal transformation? Transformation from one thing to another thing. Transformation from being self-centered to maybe being other-centered. Transformation from being angry and bitter to maybe being joyful and kind. Right? There's a new nature that God has for us. And many of you called those out last week and we prayed about those things. I just want to encourage you, we have to keep believing that transformation is possible. And not just that it's possible, but it's what? Anybody remember? Probable, right? It will probably happen by the Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God, it won't happen. Anybody tried to transform themselves lately? All right? Anybody succeed at it? Self-deception if you think you did, right? You didn't succeed at it. Right? But God can do it. It is probable. If we are really a new creation in Christ Jesus, then it is probable that we can be transformed. We can be different. We ought to be different. We also said last week that the ways of the world are not the ways of the kingdom. Our life ought to look different. People ought to be able to tell that we dwell in a different kingdom, that we have a different nature about us than the nature that is prevalent in our world. So that's where we ended up last week, and I just want to encourage you to keep believing, keep trusting, keep pursuing that new nature. Share it with someone. Have people pray with you, believe with you. Right? We can't settle for not being transformed if Jesus died for our transformation. So today, we're going to look at this last piece, this lifestyle that we are called to live and as disciples of Christ, as children of God, and as citizens of the kingdom and vessels of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we're going today. We're going to talk about the last piece, the the disciple lifestyle. Let me pray. Father God, we come to you and we confess again that you are God and we are not. It is by your grace, your love, your mercy that you have rescued each and every one of us and transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of your Son, into the kingdom of light. 
God, you are the one who has opened the door for us to have this personal relationship with you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we want to keep saying yes to that. We want to grow in that. And Lord, we know it is you that has given us a new identity. And it is Christ in us that will begin to breed a new nature in us, that we will look different. And that ultimately there will be fruit in our lives. So Lord, we thank you for all that you have done, God. And we just ask that you would help us as as Jeff prayed earlier, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to understand the heart of the Father and the mind of Christ and the promise for our lives today. These things we ask and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. So, so what does it mean for us to be living this disciple lifestyle? What does that look like? And then how can we continue to grow in our capacity to live, love, serve, and care for others so starting right off the bat, I want you to recognize we're using the term lifestyle because it's not just about actions or activities, it's about a lifestyle. And here's the definition of lifestyle. I love this. Lifestyle, the typical way of life of an individual, group, or culture. The typical way of life, right? It's a lifestyle. This is, the typical, this is what people would typically see in our lives. Lifestyle is a way of life. It's a way of doing life. It's the way God desires. Jesus said, I am the the way, the truth, and the life, right? The early church and followers of Jesus were called, they referred to as the way. They are followers of the way because it was a new way. It wasn't the old way. Jesus came, there was a new way. There was a new lifestyle. There was life in the kingdom. And God has designed us to live in a new way, in relationship with him, in the reality of our identity, in our transformed nature, and the fruit of the Spirit is in us and through us. So that is what God has designed us to do. So therefore, I like this, this title of an old book called, How Now Shall We Live? Right? In light of all these things, how should we be living our lives? What does God desire for us in the way of living out this disciple lifestyle? So let's look what God has to say about this. We're going to go through a few scriptures, and you should, and you should have your handouts by now. Just kind of looking at what is this way we should live. We'll start out in Mark 12, 30. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. We ought to be loving God with everything. That's the way we do life. We love God with everything and above everything. God is the most important. He's not number two, three, or four. He doesn't come after family, friends, career, recreation. He's number one. We love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's, that's the life we live. That's the way we do life. John 15, 12 says, this is my commandment. Love each other as I have loved you. Other versions say, love one another as I have loved you. That's our way of life. We're loving one another. We're caring for one another. That's just the way we do life. It's not an action. It's the way we do life. We love others. We love one another. First Peter but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a, royal, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We will declare the praises. We will give glory to God. Our lives will give glory to God. The way we live our lives will testify not of how brilliant we are, right? It will testify of how great God is. We'll give glory to God. Our lives will bring glory and honor to God. Ephesians 2, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We will be doing good works. 
People will look at our lives and they'll see that we're doing good works. Matthew, Matthew 5, 16, again, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The deeds and the glory, right? We're doing the good deeds, God's getting the glory. That's our lifestyle. That's our typical way of living is that we are doing good deeds. We're giving glory to God. Philippians 1.3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Caring for others. Others-oriented. Right? And you think back to that nature thing, right? It's our, our nature comes out when we're not thinking about it. Someone who has a nature of others-oriented, when they're walking down the street and someone drops something, what do they do? They help them pick it up. Someone who's self-oriented, walking down the street and someone drops something, what do they do? Yeah, just keep on walking, right? <laughs> Poor guy drops something. Oh, well, right? It comes out. It's kind of our instinct. It's a, it's a natural thing that happens. We don't have to think about it. Should I pick that up? Should I help him? It's a natural instinct. So that's what this coming. We would be caring for others. That would be a natural part of who we are and the way we live our life. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says, And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We represent him. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Right? We're inviting people into reconciliation with God. We're sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God has made a way for you to have a relationship with him. That's part of what we do. That's how we live our life. So when you read through these things, you recognize this is what our life ought to be. These are the natural results of our life with God. Um, I picked this tomato this morning out of my back patio. It's the first one of the season. Uh, it's a beauty. It's got one little blemish on it, but it's a beauty. But this tomato is the natural result of my tomato plant, Right? If I would have found this on a pepper plant, I would have been surprised. Like, what is that? Right? But this is the natural result of a tomato plant doing what God created it to do. Now, if my tomato plant didn't have any tomatoes on it, I would be concerned. There's something wrong with it. The soil's no good. The roots aren't deep enough. It's not getting enough water. It's not getting enough sun. There's too many weeds. There's something wrong. So this is like our lives. The lifestyle should be the natural result of us being connected to the vine, Father, Son, Holy Spirit relationship, being transformed by Christ in us so we have a new nature, and this is what happens. The disciple lifestyle is not a list of things that we have to do. It's, an, it's a description of what happens if we are in that relationship with God and letting him transform our lives. Does that make sense? Right? It just happens. Like, all I did was watered it, <laughs> and it happens. But that's because God made it to do this. God made us to demonstrate the fruit, the life, the light of Christ in us. I'm going to read those last uh, two scriptures kind of in a full context to show you how this uh, looks. And I think we got the full circle back up here again. These are examples. Back in Philippians, where it ended with that idea of not looking to our own interests, but to the interests of others, the way that section starts out at the beginning of Philippians 2, it says this, Therefore, right, the therefores, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, 
that relationship, if any common sharing in the Spirit, the Spirit in you, if any tenderness and compassion, this new nature, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, then, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but think of others. Right? It comes out of that relationship with him, the therefore. Therefore, because we're in him, because we've been transformed, then this is what we do. And the second one where it talks about us being his ambassadors starts out the same way in 2 Corinthians. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that as God reconciles the world to himself, not counting people's sins against him, he has committed us to that same ministry. So again, he's not asking us to do stuff out here that don't come from the connection over here, that don't come from the relationship and the transformation in our own lives. So because of the relationship, because of the identity, because of the new nature, and because of the commands of God are in Christ, then this is the way, the type of life we live. It's the typical way of life. It's what we ought to expect coming out of our lives more and more. We'll find ourselves loving God, serving others, doing all those things on the list there. We'll find ourselves doing those things. So this is what ought to be happening. So we have to recognize God has designed it this way. It's the natural thing that God has designed. Back to Second Peter, and he says he's given us everything necessary for that. So typically when we talk about these elements, these things, these ways of life, we a lot of times look at this like this is a list of things I have to do, right? <laughs> I've got to start being nice to people. I've got to start giving money away. I've got to start thinking of others more than myself. I've got to start sharing the gospel. We look at it as a list of things we have to do. And what I want you to know is these aren't things that we have to do to prove who we are and whose we are. These are things we do because of who we are and whose we are, All right? It's not things we do to prove who we are and whose we are. It's things that happen because we know who we are and whose we are. So what I don't want is, again, we've talked about this, don't get caught up in trying to do a bunch of things when you haven't experienced a bunch of things. Right? Don't try to do the right things without the right stuff. We've got to have that intimate, surrendered relationship. And I know way back when I started this, I said, let's just spend six months on the top one. <laughs> and I still believe that because everything flows out of that. The more we get that intimate, dependent relationship with him, the more we're going to experience these things, and they're going to become the natural thing that comes out of us. So with all that said, don't get me wrong. God does command us to do these things, doesn't he? They are, he says, this is my commandment. He commands us to do those things. But he also knows that without him, we're not capable of it. We can't do those things without the spirit of God in us. So the good news is he's provided what we need in Christ Jesus, in the Holy Spirit, and in his word. So those of you who have been here for the last three, now four weeks, if you haven't noticed yet, we keep ending up at the same place. We keep ending up with God saying, this is what's possible for you. This is what I want for you. <laughs> this is what I provided for you. And you need to receive it and to experience it. And I've provided everything you need for that. So he's always saying, here it is. This is what I want for you. I've made a way for it. Then he calls for the question. Do you want it? That's the question. Do we want to live this disciple lifestyle? Do we want this to be our nature? Do we want this to be the typical way that we do life? And the answer is, 
yep, I got one, yep, anymore? It's a real question. It is a real question. We are going to have to decide, do we want what God wants? So today, where we're at, we're talking about this idea of living out this disciple lifestyle. Again, we only want to do it in the context of the relationship and the transformation. But they all go together, so we are all equipped to answer the question today, where do you believe God desires for you to grow in that ability and capacity to live the disciple lifestyle? So I think on your, on your sheet there, we have these list of the different areas on the slide. Yes, there we go. Yeah, so the ways of a disciple. So loving God right, above all else, more than, more than ourselves, right? Loving one another, bringing glory to God, doing the good deeds, sharing the good news, serving others. So what I'm going to do right now is just take some time, just between you and God, just kind of ask, and we'll do some little praying here. But where do you believe God desires for you to grow in your ability and capacity to live the disciple lifestyle? Because I'm sure we all have room to grow. And then to write down, you got some room on your paper there, to write down, what does God want me to do? Because there are actions attached to these things. What does God want me to do? So you start writing and listening, and I'll just try to do some quiet talking and praying. We want to hear from you, God. Holy Spirit, again, we, we've prayed this morning would be time set aside in your presence. Holy Spirit, you would reveal things to each and every heart here. Show us areas where you desire for us to experience more, to share more, to love you above ourselves, above everything else, that you're not three or four on the agenda, but you're number one. God, show us ways where we need to be loving one another. And that one another context is within the body of Christ. How do we love and care for one another here? Um, and then later on, serving others. How do we love and care for the least of those, the lost, the lonely, the hurting, the hungry, the homeless? How would you have us serve others more? And the good news, Lord, how would you have us to share the good news, to invite others into that reconciliation with you? And Holy Spirit, show us how we would bring glory to God in our daily lives. Forgive us where we grab the glory for ourselves. We let people think we're smart or kind or whatever <laughs> when it's only Christ in us that is smart and kind and has wisdom and courage and boldness. So, Lord, how do we give glory to God in our daily lives? And what are those good deeds? What are those good deeds that we can be doing in our family, in our workplace, on the streets to total strangers. Lord, pray that you would show us those things. And Lord, even as we're maybe making a list and it has some to-dos on it, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see how the doing comes out of the being by being connected with you, by being in this intimate, dependent relationship with you, and by being transformed by your spirit in us that 
that these dues right now might feel like a task, uh, but later on will we'll be a joy and will flow freely out of who we are and whose we are. How many of you feel like you're getting some insight from the Holy Spirit on areas where you need to, where he wants you to experience more and to grow? I hope we all are. I know everybody just want to raise their hand. That's okay. But right, if God is God, and this is about him, then this is where we are. <laughs> we, we want to be experiencing more of him. We don't want to just come in Sunday and check in and check a box. We want to come in and check into his presence and allow him to bring life and joy and freedom and peace to us. Remember last week when we talked about transformation and that song we sang where, uh, look where the chains are now, right? <laughs> right? Any, anybody's chains still laying on the floor? Hopefully, right? How quickly we pick them back up, though, huh? So we need to be coming to the presence and reminding ourselves that he does want freedom for us. He does want peace for us. He does want joy for us. And he does want us to live this lifestyle that the world would know. So we need to be assured that this is our calling. Um, again, it's not optional. Our lives should demonstrate who he is and whose we are. So we need to be assured of that, and we need to also be assured that God has designed us to do this. He can command us to do this because he knows Christ in us is able. So he has every right to command us to do it because he has provided the way for us to do it. If, therefore, anyone is in Christ, this happens. Right. This is life we've been invited to, and we need to be intentional about it. Um, just trying to listen to whether I'm supposed to do certain things next or not. So, um, just feel like we need to spend some time praying. Why don't we go ahead and stand up? We're gonna try to call accomplish a couple different things this morning. But one is to respond to this, to respond to this idea that this is what God desires for us, is he desires for this to be our lifestyle, and he has provided a way for that. But we have to say yes to that. And so I feel like we just want to do what we did last week, just call out, yes, God, I want. <laughs> I want to love others more. I want to bring glory to you. I just, so let's just start calling those things out. Some folks call those out, and then we'll pray together over that, and then we're going to um, shift gears into some other things. But just feel like, again, we just have to say yes to God. God, if you want this for us, God, help us to say yes. Help us to want it the way you want it for us. Help us to receive your help in seeing these things manifest in our lives that, <clears throat> that, again, this will be the witness to the world, the typical way of life for us. So go ahead and start calling some things out, and then we'll start praying. Peace. <clears throat> to trust him. Joy. Hmm? Kindness, patience. How about in the way of others? What are some others things? Like, I, I want this. I want to be able to do this. The 
and share the good news more. <clears throat> God set us free to do that, yes. <clears throat> to help others with joy, yes. Be authentic. <clears throat> Any others? Healing. <laughs> Living joyfully in difficult circumstances. Right? That would be a lifestyle of a disciple because we are going to have difficult circumstances. But we can live in joy. We can live in freedom. We can love others. We can esteem others above ourselves, which is certainly not the cultural way, right? But it's the kingdom way. It's a different life. There's a whole different life to be lived. Let's just pray in some of these things. Father God, we just ask right now, God, I ask that you would just move in a powerful way. Lord, each one here, God, we sense areas where you desire for us to be free, to love others more than ourselves. Forgive us for the bondage of self. God, set us free from that. Again, bring us the transformation that allows us to love others. God, that allows us to serve others and care for others. God, so much of your word is others-oriented, and so much of us is self-oriented. Lord, set us free. God, break the bondage to self. Help us choose to say yes to you and to others more than self. And God, help us to bring glory and honor to you in all things, Lord Jesus. Help our lives to demonstrate who you are and whose we are, and people will know that. And God, help us to share that good news. Help us to let people know that there is hope, there is healing, there is redemption. All those things we speak of, they are not just possible, but they are probable. And God, let our lives be the testimony of that, that people can see it's possible because of what they see in our lives. So God, again, we just say yes to you in these things, and I pray you continue to work in each one of our hearts, uh, that these things would be manifest in the days ahead. I pray there will be testimonies from this platform <laughs> of where people have experienced freedom. And God, they have experienced the freedom and the ability to live out and to love others and to serve others and care for others more than, more than ever before. So we pray that as the testimony. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. We're going to uh, say we're trying to accomplish two things today. First one was that. And again, I hope for those of you who have been here realize we didn't spend a ton of time on that because Again, it should be the natural result of a ton of time in the first two categories, right? A ton of time in relationship with him, a ton of time in surrendering and being transformed and experiencing those things. Then this will happen somewhat quite naturally. So I want to kind of wrap some things up here. It's the end of the series, but it's obviously not the end of living and growing in Christ, right? That's going to go on the rest of our lives if we choose to pay attention. Unfortunately, we could choose to say, well, this is as good as it gets, and I'm just going to live life from this level, right? <laughs> and some of us have probably done that for some period of time already. I ran to a guy, a dear, dear, pretty good dear friend. And, but anyway, uh, he stopped me in the coffee shop. There. He, he said, Bill, I don't know how I went for 10 or 15 years and didn't grow. I had no idea. I had no idea there was more growth to be had. This is a, probably a 50-something-year-old man. And he was genuinely, he was just shocked that he had sat in church for the last 10 or 15 years and had not grown. He did not know there was a more intimate, dependent relationship with God to have. He did not know there was a greater freedom and transformation to be had. He did not know there was a greater place of living that out. So unfortunately, it can happen. 
we can reach a level where life's okay, we get by, that's the default goal, right? We get by and we can stay there. And so my encourage you and challenge you is we don't stay there, that we continue to learn and grow. We continue to move forward. On the bottom of your handout there, it simply has the picture that we started with this picture here. And just this idea that living and growing in the fullness of Christ, it's an ongoing thing. It's an increasing thing. So that we want to be increasing in our intimacy and dependency in the relationship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We want to be increasing in this transformation, new identity, new nature, freedom and wholeness. And we want to be increasing in our capacity for obedience and living and loving, uh, living out the disciple lifestyle. And I love it at the bottom there. Do you want this for your life? Increasing reality of love, joy, peace, and power in my life. I want more. I want more love, joy, peace, and power in my life. That would be an increasing thing. And so I propose that's something that you continue to, to look at and say, yes, how do we get more? And how do we experience more together? Because left to our own devices, we'll talk ourselves out of it. I'll convince myself this is as good as it gets. But if I start meeting with other people that keep saying, Bill, there's more. There's greater freedom. There's greater joy. There's greater peace. And we can lean into that together. So one of the things we've talked about with um, the leadership team here is going forward is creating more opportunities to come together around these things, to wrestle with some of these concepts and conversations and lean into these things together. Because without processing, again, we'll go back to what worked for us. And so um, we may create some opportunities in the fall. So there's some clipboards right now. Jamie's got some clipboards they're going to pass around. And it's just simply the question, do you want more avenues, more opportunities to come together and wrestle with some of these things? There's other classes we can do, maybe in the fall. We do classes on that personal relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, working with that in small groups, have materials that we can give you to work in your own small group. So it's really just a question of is there a desire for more in these areas and to continue to lean into that. So the leadership team at the church will know, is that something we need to be providing as time goes on? And I'm willing to provide any of that I can. Um, I'm willing to wrestle with this stuff with anybody one-on-one. -on -one. had one gentleman from the church. I don't see him here today, but we met and wrestled with it one-on-one -on -one for a few hours. I'm, I'm open to that. It's worth it. It's life-changing. And so whatever we can do to continue to fan that flame, uh, we want to do that. And on the clipboard as it comes around, there's these little cards. They're called Intentional Conversations, Intentional Growth Conversations. And it's really just a series of questions to help you keep looking at this idea of asking yourself, what does God want for me? in the area of relationship? What does God want for me in the way of transformation? What does God want for me in the way of lifestyle? And then question number four says, what can you be doing to cooperate with these areas of growth? That's where it comes to your response. How can you respond? And then five, what will the results look like in my life? How will your life be different? That's something I would encourage you guys to sit down and answer that question. Well, how would my life be different? If I would experience more of this, what would be different in my life? I might have more peace, I might have more joy, I might have more freedom. Life would be different if we were experiencing more of these things. So, so grab one of those. If you don't get it from the clipboard, there's some more of those in the back. Uh, but it's just this idea of how do we continually lean into these things. Because this is a kind of a progressive growth thing. Um, it's not linear. It's not like I went to class one, two, three, four, now I'm done. Right? I'm a mature Christian, disciple of Christ, right? It's an ongoing, lifelong thing that we're going to continue to experience more. And although there's some kind of sequence, if you will, is the more we get relationship, the more transformation, the more lifestyle, but it continues to grow, right? And I made a video, which my wife talked me out of showing to you this morning, which what it is, is it's, it's me with a piece of pizza dough setting it down in the middle of that circle. 
And it's kind of like us getting plopped into, rescued out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of light, placed into the kingdom of God, placed into relationship with him, and then he begins working on us, right? He invites us into deeper relationship. He does some transformation. He takes us out of our comfort zone and doing some things, and he continually stretches us until we experience more and more of him. It's not a linear thing. His job, he's the master, right? He's the vine dresser. He's the one who helps us. He's the one who intentionally moves us in different directions. Our job is to cooperate. It's to say, yes, God. I see you're pulling me in this relationship area. I never thought of that before. I see you're wanting to transform this in my life. I didn't believe transformation was possible. I thought I would always be an angry person. I thought I would never forgive that person. Now you're showing me I can or you're stretching me and doing things and loving others that I know I don't like them. But you're asking me to love them. So it's an ongoing process. I still thought it was a cool idea, but my wife convinced me it was a hokey with a pizza dough. But that's, we, our job is to pay attention, right? Stay in the middle of the circle, abide in him, and respond to his initiative in our life as he calls us to growth in different areas. His desire for us, it is his desire. He desires for us to experience the fullness of what he has for us. That is good news. That is great news. The only bad news in the whole equation is it's on us to say yes. But there's a solution to that. Surrender. Once we surrender and give up our lives, it becomes a ton easier to cooperate with him. Until we surrender, it's difficult. We sense God doing this, and we're like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I really want that. I don't know about that. But once you surrender, then you're free to experience all of that. We tend to submit temporarily to God's will, but not surrender our will. And that's a long, hard journey. Because <laughs> every day we have to decide, do I want to submit to his will? Well, hanging on to my will, it's a temporary submittal, right? <laughs> once you surrender your will... You just do what he asks. Does that, does that resonate with anybody? It may sound oversimplified. It's simple, yet profound and life-changing. Submitting to God is a tough deal. Surrendering is beautiful. Scary as all heck, but on the other side of it, it's beautiful because there's freedom. And you don't waste all those times with those conversations of, do I want to temporarily submit to what he wants me to do today? Right? You don't have to do that anymore. So that's my prayer for all of us, is that we would take that, that we would surrender, bottom line. Um, that wasn't in my notes, but I know it's true. So we have to say, just have to say some things out loud. We're going to have to decide, are we just inviting God into our life, or are we actually going to give our life to him? And so we're going to have a chance to do that today and close up in some prayer and worship. Um, but right now, uh, just know that the Holy Spirit is the one leading the process. He's the one who will help us if we will stay hungry and thirsty. Scripture says those who hunger and thirst will be what? filled. Those who aren't, right? You aren't. <laughs> you aren't hungry. You aren't thirsty, so you probably won't be filled. Stay hungry. Stay thirsty. Keep wanting more of that. Keep expecting to grow. I did a retreat with a church yesterday, and I don't know if this will show up on their mission statement or not, but we wrestled with it, is, is that what we're doing is we are vigorously growing in Christ. I said, man, if you put that above the church door, when you walk in here, you know that's why we're here. We're here to vigorously grow in Christ. We're not here to sit around and talk about it. <laughs> We're here to vigorously grow in Christ. 
I hope, I hope it shows up on some piece of paper because it's a powerful statement. It's an expectation that we're not going to come in and be the same. We're going to vigorously grow. We're going to look at each other. We're going to remind each other that we're growing. Um, I'm going to wrap up with this. Uh, you want to put that visual of the... And this all started back in our first uh, time together. We asked the question of, do you want what God wants? And you guys, many of you, and some that probably aren't here, and some of you may not have been there that day, wrote down, you said, God, I want. And I guess this is some tool that when you put a bunch of words in, it pops up, the biggest words are the biggest. Um, and the biggest word is trust. That was the thing that most people said that they want. And that's because we know that's what God wants. We know God wants us to trust him. And we know we need to trust him. And so that's what came out the most. So today I just say, let's choose to trust him today. And so if the worship team comes back up here, what we're going to do, go there, there. Um, we're going to sing that song together, How Great Is Our God. I'll get my stuff out of the way here. And so what I want you to do, um, invite you to do, I can't, I can't tell you what to do, but what I invite you to do, <laughs> is I invite you to stand up and just want to encourage you as we sing this song, That if you know today that you're in a place where you need to give your life to God, maybe you recognize you've allowed him into your life for a long time, but you've never actually chosen to give your life to him, to let him be in charge. If you need to do that today, I pray that you would do that in this worship time. Um, for those of you who may feel like, I know I've accepted my identity in Christ, but I know I've not experienced the new nature. I know I have not been transformed. And I want that. I want to be transformed. I want my life to be different. And if that's you today, I want you to just take time to do that. And if you know today that I've never really decided that I want to follow Jesus, I love it when he follows me, but I've never decided to follow him. I've never really decided to live out those commandments that I know are from God, and I know God gives me the ability to do so if that's you today, so I guess I'm just saying wherever you are today, be aware of it. Let the Holy Spirit show you, and please respond. <laughs> and just say yes to God. Say, God, I want what you want. And Holy Spirit, help me to want what the Father wants every day from this day forward. Yeah, Father God, we thank you that you are great. <laughs> you are a great God. You are a great, loving, heavenly Father. You are an amazing Lord and Savior and Master, Jesus Christ. You are an incredible helper and teacher and counselor and guide, Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you that you invite us in to live in the reality of relationship with you. And God, you desire for us to live lives that are transformed, a new identity, a new nature, a witness to who you are, God, that our lives, our lifestyle, our typical way of life would demonstrate that there is a God and Jesus Christ is his son and we belong to you. We are yours. God, we pray that over this body. We pray it over the body in this region that your church, your bride, would be beautiful and spotless because of all that you have done. And, God, we would walk in the fullness of that, and we would demonstrate the reality of that. And, God, the world would know. And, Lord, we pray the world would respond <laughs> and enter into that relationship with you. So, God, thank you for each and every... One of your children here today, those that couldn't make it here today, God, we pray for this body, pray for the new pastor coming in and the things that are going to happen here. God, we pray it would just all be 
fanned and fueled by your spirit. Holy Spirit, you would lead the way, you would guide the way, and you would find many surrendered vessels in this place just ready to walk with you, ready to follow you into what you have for this congregation in the days ahead. So God, bottom line, we trust you. God, help us to trust you more each and every day. These things we ask and pray in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I want to encourage you. Guys, just keep leaning into what God has for you. Keep saying yes, you want what he wants, and allow him to do the forming and transforming and changing and living through you each and every day.